and welcome back to the Milo and Freddy podcast. Once again, and as always, we're sponsored by Miller's Hardware, serving Central Florida since 1945. Check it out at Miller's Hardware Winter Park. Today is May 22nd. The last time I recorded an episode was about three weeks ago, but we we heard a lot of good feedback from our friends and family, so so we're just going to keep this thing going. However, um, about half of our listener audience aren't really big NFL fans, and they suggested that uh, we try and mix in some other topics. So we're going to try and do that here first, and then we'll get into uh, football talk. But uh, first of all, yesterday was the Preakness. Myself, my father, my mother (laughs) had a little side wager going on amongst the horses. And uh, Dad, how you doing over there? I'm doing great, thank you. It was a a neat race yesterday, and to me the Preakness – followed the Derby with another fantastic story. Um, The the Triple Crown, there's not going to be a Triple Crown winner, obviously, but the Triple Crown is really fun this year. You know, the Derby was incredible with the horse that got in the morning of the race. And then yesterday, an unbelievable story, the hedge fund manager and his hand-picked trainer, uh, the hedge fund billionaire who grew up three blocks from the racetrack, wins on his 65th birthday. I mean, what are the odds of such a thing? Early voting won in a in a great kind of trailed the leader all the way around and then had gas in the tank to make a big run down the stretch. It was a great, uh, great finish. And I would just say, no, we're not going to have a triple crown winner, but we're not having drugs and we're not having people getting disqualified. And we're, we're without the great Bob Baffert. And I think it's just great. <laughs> I'm really enjoying the triple crown this year. I completely agree with you. This this stuff is fun. Obviously, um, neither Fred nor I are experts with football, but that is our area of expertise, so to speak. But with horse racing, it's just it's just fun. We put a little money on the horses and see how it goes. And, um, Absolutely. Yes, sir. And I meant to mention earlier, so most of our listeners, if you're listening, I'm assuming you have our contact information, but if you don't, uh, feel free to email me at mbrew at gatech.edu, M-B-R-U at G-A-T-E-C-H dot E-D-U, and just put in the subject line, Milo and Freddie. Hit us up with some questions, y'all. We appreciate it. So thanks for joining us for our uh, impromptu horse talk, and now we're going to get into some football talk. Miles, living in Georgia, I guess a lot of your buddies have asked about the Falcons, and they're kind of an interesting story um, with Matt Ryan after all those great years leaving. And for my money, I think transforming Indianapolis Colts into a real contender. So he's going to be missed. They really don't, the Falcons really don't have a replacement. But Miles, what do you make of what they're going to try to do? They're almost like the Giants in that they're almost sacrificing 2022 to get in shape for 23 with players and salary cap. Yeah, I agree. They kind of just have to embrace the suck and and embrace the (laughs) long-term outlook. You know what I mean? Like, don't rush it. Don't try and take a quarterback on a reach. They have to, they have to build on both sides of their line and their talent. And then when the opportunity strikes, 
properly, they can they can get a quarterback and then try and make an upswing in the NFC South. Interesting thing there, I'll say, Miles, because, you know, the Giants may be in the quarterback market, too. Everybody's talking about what a, a great class 2023 will be. But, you know, we'll, we're going to have to watch because like those two front runners, I didn't realize. And they're fantastic players. The, the boy from Ohio State and the young man, Bryce Young from Alabama. Both are around six feet tall. I'm not saying they can't be great. Russell Wilson is at, what, 5'10". But, you know, they're not necessarily prototypical. They're not Andrew Luck type prospects. So everybody's really gussying up this class and talking big. It's going to be very interesting to see how it turns out come next spring. Yes, I agree. Good thoughts. Now, um, we have a lot of friends and family in our life who are big New England Patriots fans. And I should have mentioned at the outset that we're sponsored by Miller's Hardware in Winter Park and Castleberry in Orlando. But uh, our, our great friend, Clay Miller, is a big Patriots fan, and my dad wants to touch a little bit on the Pats. So so what do you got, Dad? Yeah, since uh, we're, our sponsors are Miller Hardware and Castleberry in Winter Park, where you can find just about anything to fix anything or any gift you ever wanted. So please, Orlando people frequent our sponsors, Miller Hardware. Uh, Clay Miller's favorite team was always the New England Patriots. And because it's Bill Belichick, he's got a Giants background. I always follow them. And I, as the years have gone by, I tend to kind of root for them. The thing I'd say about the Patriots, Belichick always seemed to be able to get to 10 wins. And I think they're going to be able to do that this year, but it's going to be a stretch. Buffalo's great. Miami has certainly improved and the Jets cannot be any worse than they've been the past few years. So I think they've got their hands full this year getting to 10 wins. But I, if I had to bet, I would say, yes, they make the wild card. But remember, Josh McDaniel is gone and that's as fine an offensive coordinator as there's been in this league in quite a while. And the great Belichick, I'm making fun of him and I love him, but um, Matt Patricia or Joe Judge are your candidates to replace Josh McDaniel at offensive coordinator. Oh, I'd be worried in Patriots land if that's the best we can do. <laughs> that, that was great, Dad. Thank you very much. I completely agree. We'll see how it goes with the Pats. Uh, I'm ready for that dynasty to be over. Uh, You've had so enough? Just... Yeah, a lot of people have had enough. Yes. <laughs> yeah, same here. Same here. All right. Now, my very good friend from high school in Orlando who now lives out West is a big Raiders fan, Steve Cameron. He was my former co-host on a podcast we used to do many years ago. But anyway, he requested a little bit of uh, Las Vegas Raiders talk. So <laughs> here we go. After, you know, many years of the NFL draft being located in New York city, now, Goodell and the NFL have started to move it around to a couple different locations. They did it in Nashville one year, and then this past year, they did it in Vegas. <laughs> the Raiders, Las Vegas, pulled off the draft pretty well, but they didn't really have any big moves in the first two rounds because they traded those picks to Green Bay for Devontae Adams, who... If, if you've been watching football the past eight years, you know that he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. But Green Bay couldn't afford to keep paying Aaron Rodgers all that money and give Devontae Adams a new contract. So it works for the Raiders 
he's going to be a great receiver, probably the best receiver that Derek Carr, their quarterback, has ever had in his career. And as we alluded to an episode or two ago, the AFC West is one of the most difficult divisions in in football. Uh, Denver, Los Angeles Chargers, Raiders, and Kansas City with Pat Mahomes. So, Dad, do you got any thoughts on the Raiders and, and the outlook of that draft? Incredible division. The quarterbacks are beyond belief. But I think the Raiders hit the jackpot with Devontae Adams. Carr is a is a really fine quarterback that doesn't get the credit he deserves and has never had anybody remotely like Devontae Adams. If you put him outside with that Waller, that incredible tight end, if they can keep him healthy, he catches better than anybody. Quick that- quick interruption. Darren Waller, Georgia Tech, our best player in the NFL right now. But yeah, keep going. Oh boy, did I did I float that one over the? That was a hung curveball over the plate for you. <laughs> yeah, I took it. Keep he, going. It, he is magnificent. So that offense really should be something. And you know, I always like John Gruden, and I hate that he's gone. But they they've had to move on. I feel like they made a great hire in McDaniel. You know, he failed miserably in Denver, but oftentimes with a good person. That's a remember Belichick in Cleveland. So I, I think the Raiders should have a pretty positive outlook in what may be the toughest division in football. I agree. It should be interesting. I think I'm going to enjoy watching the AFC West more than any other division this upcoming NFL season. Yep. And now going forward, as I've said before, I grew up in Orlando. We got a lot of friends and fam around the state of Florida. <laughs> And a couple have requested some Miami Dolphins talk. Uh, Joe Irock and my buddy Luke Wolfson and plenty of other people in Miami want to hear Freddie talk about the Miami Dolphins. So, Dad, take it away. Go ahead. I want to tell you, this is the number one powder keg in the National Football League, the, the Miami Dolphins. It is the ultimate boomer bust 2022, in my opinion. Think about it. You've got Steve Ross being sued by Brian Flores, who accuses him of wanting to throw games. Remember the whole extravaganza where Tom Brady was going to leave the box, end his retirement, and go back to play for the Dolphins, owned by the number one Michigan booster on earth in, in Mr. Ross. That is a, a fire waiting for gasoline to be poured on it. Now you add Tyreek Hill, an incredible player, but I would say the smartest move of this insane offseason was Andy Reid unloading him for a lot of draft picks and keeping $120 million in his pocket. Now, I ask you, Tua and Tyreek Hill could be magical, but could they be Baker Mayfield and OBJ if things don't go well? I mean, the Dolphins bear watching, and I, I hope you guys do well. I know you've put in the time. And it's been a long time since they've had a good team. But I'm telling you, the Dolphins bear watching because if it does not go well, Tyreek Hill is not known as the best behaved locker room guy in the history of the National Football League. It could get ugly, y'all. Get ready. Fasten your chin strap. (laughs) That is so true, Dad. You nailed it. You nailed it. Like you said, that is probably the biggest powder keg waiting to see what happens this upcoming season. And, and, and no hard feelings to do it. He'll never be confused with Patrick Mahomes. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dad, that is so true about what? Miami. And the the as we said earlier, the AFC West is the best division and going to be very entertaining to watch with all of those great quarterbacks. But then uh, AFC East is also going to be <laughs> amazing to watch as well, just with everything you just described. Good. Miles, why rock and the rest of your dolphin buddies? They don't have my new address, do they? No, they do not. <laughs> why do you ask? <laughs> uh, hit us up on the hotline. It could be problematic. It could be problematic. <laughs> yeah, son. yeah, very true. All right. Um, now we talked a little bit about the Bucks an episode or two ago. Uh, we talked about the Falcons at the top. But I also have to touch on the New Orleans Saints and shout out to my very good friend, James D., who played linebacker at my alma mater high school in Lake Brantley. But he's just the biggest New Orleans Saints fan that I know, and I would be remiss to not <laughs> to not touch on the Saints for him. So anyway, um, they um, drafted Chris Olave wide receiver Ohio State, uh, round one pick 11, and then they took a tackle out of Northern Iowa. But the biggest offseason question for them is the quarterback situation. Well, that and their coach, you know, Sean Payton is no longer with them. And they've been rolling with Seamus Winston, <laughs> Jameis Winston. And um, if you're a Bucks fan, I'm sure you know all about his antics. New Orleans tried to make him work, but I just I just don't think it works. But there is talk about Drew Brees coming back. Dad, do you got any Saints talk? Um, the thing to remember about the Saints is a fellow named Mickey Loomis. He's the general manager, and he's magnificent. So if you look at the offseason, now they're going to try to make it go with Jameis, and uh, they got him a lot of help in a very steady Eddie receiver in Jarvis Landry that they signed. Then they needed a, a safety and they got LSU grad, the honey badger, Tyrone Matthew. So I got a feeling they're going to be better than people are expecting. And you know, they own the Tampa Bay, but your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> yeah. So it should be interesting. I, I just don't think the bucks are going to just rule this year. And, and I get a funny feeling the great Brady might even get his comeuppance. So I'm interested to see what comes out of New Orleans. They're a great organization. They move and grew with the best, groove with the best of them. And Mickey Loomis tends to keep a competitive team on the field. The new coach, I know nothing of him except that he's been there for 10 or 15 years. So the culture, that great culture, winning culture established by Sean Payton, you have an awfully good chance of maintaining it with an assistant that's so steeped in that culture and that team. I agree that those are some great thoughts. And uh, yeah, to your point, the NFC South is usually pretty topsy turvy. So you can never really know like the Falcons could win it one year and the Bucks be trash and then flip the script the next year. And saints and Carolina are always feisty. So so that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see Atlanta, you know, is going to have a tough time. Charlotte, you know, everybody's talking about Matt rule on the hot seat, but miles, he's on a hot seat with three years at six or $7 million per. Uh, I'd, I'd love to assume that hot seat, buddy. You know what I mean? I'd be just fine if I got fired. So we'll see what happens with them. That division should be fun. <laughs> 
Yeah, I agree with you. We can't feel too sorry for these coaches who make millions of dollars because, yeah, put me or Freddie in there. We'll we'll take the heat and take we'll, the money. We'll, we'll take an arrow for the team. We'll go ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so as I mentioned at the outset, a lot of listener feedback has asked us to touch on different subjects other than football. So now I got to touch on my favorite NBA team. We're going to call this the Orlando Magic Minute. And before we get into this, I got to give a shout out to my buddy Steve Cameron's podcast again. Uh, It is The Close Up Magic. So look that up if you want more uh magic coverage but anyway so magic minute they finally won the nba draft it's been like it's been like 10 years maybe 12 years and every single year they've sucked and the lottery ends up having them have the pick directly after the best prospect so all that said now finally the magic have have won the NBA draft lotto in a awesome draft. And so there's three prospects that we need to consider. Chet Holmgren, Gonzaga. He's like 7'2", goofy-looking, skinny, hunchback, but gifted as heck. Like, if you see his highlights, you see the potential there. And then Paolo Banchero, the forward out of Duke, who is just like a walking bucket. He he can he can create his own shot off the dribble and his jump shot just looks like pure sweetness. And then the other one, Jabari Smith Jr., forward from Auburn, who can't create as much off the dribble, but also has a pure shooting form and amazing defense. Like your your quintessential three and D type player. So the NBA draft is in a couple weeks, and I'm sure I'll change my mind like 10 times. But right now, I think we just got to take Chet. What do you think, Dad? I'm not sure. I, I, I haven't watched all three boys too much. There are just so many skinny, lanky kids on this team already. I wish it was there was a superstar guard this year, but I, my gosh, another skinny kid. I just don't know if I can take it, Miles. So I guess we'll see what happens. I don't blame you because that is what scares me as well. Like how many times have we just fallen on our face by just drafting length? And but, I mean, Isaac's fantastic, but will he ever get to be the player that, we, that we'd like him to be? He, he's done. He, he can't stay healthy. Neither, um, well, Mobamba is coming up for a contract, but I think we got to let him walk and just take chat because because of the potential but the bus potential is also very serious so if i was if i was trying to pick a player that i could rely on i would go with paolo banchero i mean he's the dookie yeah 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 he's he's good his shooting form is good he can create off the dribble like i said and he doesn't have the bus potential like uh chet All right, y'all. So, again, thanks very much for joining us, Milo and Freddie. This is episode three. We're recording this at around noon on May 22nd. Thanks again for sticking around with us. And remember, give us feedback or listener questions about 
any topics that you would like us to discuss. Dad, any final thoughts? No, this is great fun to do. And if people like it, we'll keep doing it. It's really enjoyable. And uh, we'll move on to some other teams and we'll find some more controversial topics to handle next time around.